Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 143 Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one is living no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 1 through 9 and 36 through 41. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. The army of the king of Babylon was then besieging Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was confined in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace of Judah. Now King Zedekiah, king of Judah, had imprisoned him there, saying, Why do you prophesy as you do? You say, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to give this city into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he will capture it. Zedekiah, king of Judah, will not escape the Babylonians, but will certainly be given into the hands of the king of Babylon, and will speak with him face to face, and see him with his own eyes. He will take Zedekiah to Babylon, where he will remain until I deal with him, declares the Lord. If you fight against the Babylonians, you will not succeed. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. Hanamel, son of Shalom, your uncle, is going to come to you and say, But my field at Anatoth, because as nearest relative, it is your right and duty to buy it. Then, just as the Lord had said, my cousin Hanamel came to me in the courtyard of the guard and said, Buy my field at Anatoth in the ter- territory of Benjamin, since it is your right to redeem it and possess it. Buy it for yourself. I knew that this was the word of the Lord, so I bought the field at Anatoth from, the, from my cousin Hanamel and weighed out for him seventeen shekels of silver. You are saying this about the city. By the sword, famine, and plague it will be given into the hands of the king of Babylon. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will surely gather them from all the lands where I banish them in my furious anger and great wrath. I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. 
They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all will go well for them and for their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 23 through 33. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died. Since, she had, since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother, right down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be at the se- of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not heard? Have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Good morning and welcome to the fifth Wednesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings uh, come from Psalm 143, uh, kind of broken up pieces from Jeremiah, and then finally uh, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 22. Um, the The Old Testament reading is, is uh, about Jeremiah, and um, it's kind of hard to make sense of, but um, the uh, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, um, and uh, one of the one of the th- reasons for that is that he's basically forced to watch the destruction of his own people and city, despite having prophesied to them in advance to let them know, to warn them, to change their ways, um, and he doesn't just see, you know, people carried off, he sees Jerusalem, you know, kind of utterly destroyed. Um, But in this section, it's about, you know, buying land that, um, that was in his family. And uh, it's kind of hard to follow. But the Matthew reading is also about family. It's about what happens or what, what is family ultimately. Um, Family, and the stories from the, the Sadducees who um, didn't follow Jesus and kind of looked for ways to trip him up. And um, they don't believe that there's life after death, that once you die, you're, you're dead. And so they take this question to him that is not really a genuine question because they don't believe in the resurrection. They say, well, there's this woman, um, and she married uh, seven brothers all in a row because they all died, you know, one after another. Um, and that was custom. Uh, it's just like Jeremiah's property when, in order to keep it in the family, in order to preserve bloodlines and 
um, and property and wealth. Um, when the man of a family died, uh, you know, a person's brother or somebody would step in and uh, take over the land, marry the, the, the wife. Um, and so their question is, well, you know, whose family is this woman? Does she belong with, which, bro- which of these seven brothers does she belong with? And um, Jesus um, doesn't really fall for the trap. Um, he says, look, you guys don't really know what you're talking about. Um, but more importantly, when you're resurrected, um, you'll be like the angels. And um, the, nobody will be married to one another. Uh, after, you know, and even the marriage ceremony, modern marriage ceremony, we say, um, till death do us part. Um, and once we die, um, uh, you know, in the hereafter, I'm sure we'll still have a special affinity for our, our children, our, our mother and father, maybe our spouse. Um, but the, 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 the connection of marriage is dissolved. And your children, I imagine, would be you know, their own person, their own um, angel in heaven, to use Jesus' language. Um, and it's kind of, a, it's challenging because if there's one thing that we belong, that we feel like we belong with, it's maybe our family, especially, you know, not everybody, but I have children. And I think to myself, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't exist without, you know, my, my partner and I. Um, if there's anything that creates a bond, it's that. And my parents and uh, the, you know, and my children, I would think like that would be it. Um, and Jesus doesn't actually address this specifically, but I think it's, I, don't know, I think it's implied um, that everybody is their own person. We each belong to God, not to one another. We belong with one another, um, but the, it's not like it's not like. Uh, I, I don't think it, it will be like it is now. And that isn't a bad thing. Um, I don't think that uh, in the afterlife that we'll be, you know, I don't think we'll forget who we are and the connections we have because relationship is so important to to uh, the Bible and to, uh, to God that I think that those relationships will still be, will still exist. Um, but especially things like marriage, where we take vows um, here on earth to do things, um, I think that those will, you know, not be as important as we may think. Um, even like the vows of of uh, a monastic community, like the hospitalers, um, I don't think that we'll continue to be um, monastics in in heaven. I think that that will have served its purpose, much like maybe marriage serves its purpose for relationship and intimacy. Um, and um, the the other thing that I noticed in the reading, and maybe this is because of the memes going around. So today is April 1st, and apparently there's some consensus that we're not going to do April Fool's Day this year because of the pandemic. Um, but one of the other things that that... Um, kind of created was people realizing, oh, March is over, and it's been like the longest March ever. And there's all these memes, like the Titanic woman, um, what's her name? I can't remember. Um, like, oh, it's been 84 years. 
um, when we think about how long March has been. Um, and I, I say it because initially what stood out to me was uh, from the psalm, which I don't often reflect on because I, I like to think of it as kind of standalone, kind of prep for the, the readings themselves, the story, I suppose. Um, but in verses 4 and 5, my spirit grows faint within me, and my heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago, and I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Um, the routine has, has been really important. While uh, many of us are under stay-at-home orders um, or are otherwise quarantining and physical distancing, um, and the, monot- the routine is good, but the monotony can be very draining. Um, the, the lack of engagement outside our own routines um, is, is difficult. Uh, we are made for relationship and community. And in this time, that community shrinks to maybe our nuclear families or our households. Um, and the most connection that we are able to get is through video conferencing or watching the news, uh, listening to podcasts. And it's difficult. Uh, it's very hard, um, not just rearranging our lives and putting things on pause, but not being able to have human interaction outside, you know, a very small circle of people. Um, and and the, it's dawning on many Americans now that this isn't just going to be a couple of weeks. Um, I, I suspect, I think the stay-at-home order, I, actually I don't know from Maryland, but many of them don't have expiration dates um, some do. Many uh, are going through April. Uh, I think Virginia is going through, like, June or something. Uh, and so people are starting to realize how long this might stretch out. And we're realizing, like, we may not even be halfway through. At two and a half weeks, we may not be halfway through this um, stay-at-home practice. Um, and that the other thing is, is realizing now that we're almost three weeks through the way that COVID-19 works, its delay, um, the most, on average, people uh, who become fatalities, it typically takes about three weeks. And so the fatality rate is going to start really going up very fast. Um, and couple that with realizing that we're not halfway through or we're, you know, we're not done with uh, physical distancing and stay-at-home orders. I think that can make a lot of people feel very um, hopeless. And, you know, the word I have is listless because I like lists, but also like it's, you're almost like a boat. You're just kind of floating and waiting and not sure what's going on. Um, And so verses four and five stood out to me because um, many of the Psalms are laments um, and some of them aren't, aren't quite laments, but they're, they speak to us in different ways. Uh, they remind us that it's okay to, to not have answers, to feel lost and, and adrift, um, that our spirit might grow faint at times, our heart might feel dismayed. But um, we can always remember the days of long ago uh, in order to meditate on God's works and the things that God has done, to focus on those in, these, in this time um, as our, our light at the end of the tunnel, but also the light um, at the beginning of the tunnel from which we came, I think.
A prayer for those who live alone from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, whose Son had nowhere to lay his head, grant that those who live alone may not be lonely in their solitude, but that, following in his steps, they may find fulfillment in loving you and their neighbors. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with the recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>